Discord here. Hi. Hey, we're recording. We're recording. We are multi-platform streaming. Look at us. Look at Welcome us to Something Real, the home of professional podcasting. That should be the intro every... I should make like an actual intro. You should, yeah. That would be groovy. Sorry, guys. What do you got going on this week? You know, time for it? I do nothing. <laughs> I live off the government. <laughs> Yeah, no. There was a bill. That, not that that's not a. There was a Bill Mayer joke the other day, and it's had bad language in it, but it was funny. It was what he was going to be for Halloween. He was going to be a woke twenty-something, and when he goes, I have a T-shirt that said it had said a bad word, but it was like you know what to the patriarchy. And he goes, and then I have my check from the patriarchy, so I can pay my car insurance. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm like when Bill Mayer is starting to make sense. He, uh, then it, he is more of a. And I don't agree on most. Right, anything, that's what I'm saying. But he uh, is more of a of an old school liberal. Yeah. And has little tolerance for the leftism that's out there today. So. Yeah. Anyway, not what I. And on that, we agree. Yeah, not so. what I expected to start this podcast with. But hello, do I ever expect? To start this <laughs> oh wait, we started the podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah Welcome. Right. We're doing a thing here. We're doing we? a thing. Doing a thing. We're stacking stones. We are stacking stones, and one of the things that you notice in the home of professional podcasting is when we start on a bad path uh, it just seems to keep going that way and it's sure. a lot harder to correct it and rein it in and get it back to where where we're trying to go with the podcast not so ironically that's the same thing with our faith as well isn't it so ironic it's, it's, don't you there, think <laughs> there are a lot of things that are more ironic than the things in that song it's true. but anyway as we bad luck. Uh, as we and the things that just came to mind for me from the conversation right before the podcast yeah. probably should not be shared. <laughs> but anyhow, as we are um, trying to to look at this this passage in uh, in Numbers 14, 13, and 14, we see this principle that is very much what, what we each need to understand and recognize as we're trying to build our own faith, as we're uh, growing in Christ. The, the, the choices that we make are kind of like stacking stones to, to build a fortress. And so whatever we choose to do with them, each stone that we put in place is taking us somewhere. It's building something in our lives. And if, uh, <clears throat> if we can just wrap our minds around that, that can, I think, help us tremendously as far as being able to understand why, why am I still stuck here? Why am I, you know, I, I, I want to whatever it is, beat this, uh, this besetting sin. I want to, you know, uh, overcome my fears and anxieties, you know, so on and so forth and, uh, have more faith. Well, the core reality that we were looking at from this particular part of the story is that both trusting and not trusting the Lord are habit forming. Mm -hmm. And, and that's so true for us. Every time I make a, a faith based choice, in other words, my feelings tell me one thing, my circumstances tell me something, and and I choose to go past that and put my hope in God's word, being sure of what I hope for and certain of what I don't yet see. Every time I do that, I find that God is faithful and it strengthens my ability to do that the next time. If I do the opposite, every time I, I give in to my feelings or I'm overwhelmed by my circumstances, what I'm doing is, is relying on my own understanding right. rather than trusting in the Lord. And every time I do that, I make it harder than to be able to trust in the Lord. Every time I choose feelings over faith, the feelings become predominant. Every time I choose faith over feelings, the faith becomes predominant. And it's it's not 
it's not quite the two natures idea that that so many people will try to we only have one nature but we do still have uh the the presence of sin living with us indwelling sin if you will and as we i feel like i've got fuzz on my nose it's driving me bananas uh so if i keep doing this it's it's because i i don't have a particular tick Did you I don't walk think, into but, a cobweb oh don't get me started on cobwebs. sorry uh but anyway <laughs> uh that there's there's sort of a practice thing that happens right. here that we do it more and more and you know temptation is a is a, a key part of that the more i resist temptation the easier it becomes to resist temptation mm -hmm. the more i give into temptation the easier it is to give into temptation right. and, and the harder to resist so uh that that dynamic is not anything new it's not some self-help you know psychological principle sure. that we come up with, uh, we see it present in the scriptures throughout. And, and this story uh, where we see the children of Israel uh, just progressively, and, and it is progressive, it, it increases, it grows as they make these choices. They keep making these faithless choices. And every time you can just see the next one coming. So they, they start out on the journey uh, from Sinai to the promised land, short journey, easy, you know, by comparison to what they're going to face, uh, you know, and, and yeah, there's hardships because there's always hardships, and immediately they're grumbling. Mm -hmm. God uh, judges them, brings brings wrath upon them. Moses prays, God gives them mercy, and immediately they're grumbling again. They're they're craving, uh, you know, what God has not chosen to give them, and rejecting God's provision. So as they're as they're working through this, you can see. Even in the the way the story is written in Numbers, the first is like a couple of verses, and then it expands, and there's a bigger picture, a bigger story of this uh, of the craving and and the grumbling, and then uh, you get a little um, interlude there where they deal with uh, Moses and Miriam and Aaron, but then they get to to this part as as this next phase of the story comes in, they get to where they're going. I mean, everything is is exactly what it should be and, and beyond what, what they could hope for. And again, complaining. But now the complaining has grown. The habit in them has grown. This stronghold has has overwhelmed them. And so the fear of the the, the giants in the land, the, the people who have possessed the uh, uh, who possess the land presently uh, that are residing in all of these these areas that they're going into, the fear of them becomes the idol to which they bow. And rather than trusting their father, they're trusting their feelings. Well, it, it just it, it just continues to uh, like like a river eroding the, the the earth. It just grows and it expands and, and washes out all of the uh, the foundation of, of what they should be believing. By contrast, and that's kind of what we were looking at uh, in, in Numbers 14, verses 19 to 25, was this picture uh, of Caleb and Joshua. And, you know, looking at, uh, uh, it's really 21 to 25, um, God has uh, answered Moses' prayer to show mercy to the people. Uh, but then he goes on, I've, I've forgiven them as you asked, verse 21. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. So this is God's response to the progressive uh, rejection that he's experiencing from his covenant people, specifically from this generation. Mm -hmm. So he forgives 
the nation and he keeps his covenant for his own glory uh, and according to Moses' prayer, which we'll talk about next week, uh, two weeks, I guess. Um, now he's about to show this contrast. Uh, so uh, verse 23, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. 24, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. So this picture that we see here is, is you know, notice he's talking about Caleb's character. Well, character's formed over time. Right. So he doesn't say Caleb made the right decision. Specifically says, Caleb has a different spirit. He follows me wholeheartedly. This is an ongoing thing that it's not just some new, oh, wow, hey, Caleb did the right thing. Right. Caleb is in the habit of doing the right thing. He's in the habit of pursuing God wholeheartedly. And um, Joshua as well, he's not uh, directly spoken of here, but he will be later. Uh, Caleb's kind of the spokesperson for, for uh, him and Joshua. Joshua ends up leading the nation uh, when he takes over for Moses, gets a book named after him. But Caleb, even then, uh, as he comes into the land and as Joshua takes over, Caleb is singled out as, you know, here's the faithful one. And we're going to give him this land. The Lord gives him this land and blesses him. And as an old man, he's like 85 years old and, you know, he's a warrior. I mean, this is a whole different mentality, but it's a lifetime of building on that idea. And so that's that's kind of the idea that we're, that we're looking at through this is, you know, whether whether we're talking about fear or faith, both are habit forming. You know, the the idea of trusting my feelings uh, kind of catches that, that, you know, momentum like a snowball rolling downhill. Right. So. But you probably have formed some habits in your own life. Right. So, well, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's there. uh What's that? There's a, there's a book or a some program or something that it says it takes ten days to form a habit or fifteen mm -hmm. days to form a habit, and it's funny how everybody comes up with a different number, right? Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, but, but it is the principle is the same, right? And but the idea <laughs> of that is, you know, it's a a lot of people I think see forming these habits as almost like self help things, like I'm going to do better sure. and I'm going to get better, and whether it's you know I'm going to get up and exercise every day or I'm going to you know wash my face. You should wash your face. Um, should. <laughs> but what, what gets me, I guess, about today and the habits that we have both good and bad. And in this, in this passage, um, I don't want to liken it to like an addiction type thing, but when you, for lack of a better phrase, fall off the wagon mm -hmm. and break a habit that you have had for a while. Yeah it can put you back at square one because you feel like <clears throat> at least you feel like you're back. Right. At square right. One. right. You're, you're really not, but it definitely can. And then you get back to the idea of your feelings being in control. Right. And uh, so it's easy, I think for us to be like, Oh my goodness, you guys are right there. It's all, right. you know, and, but in a way I'm like, I probably would have done the same thing, you know, for sure. And, and same, you know, we say this with Adam and Eve, wow, just right. all you had to do is not eat the fruit. Right. Right. And every single one of us would do right. the same thing because we have that sin nature right. that is just waiting for the self to come out, which is, and, and you know, they didn't even have the inheritance in nature that we have. Mm -hmm. We inherit that from them. Right. But, <clears throat> you know, they, they lived in literal that. perfection. Yeah. They still, you know. And so, and there's something in us that, that seeks 
the worship of self. Mm. You know, we package it differently, and you know, you know, most of us would say, "Oh, that's not me." I, you know, I don't think of myself. And well, the fact that you're trying to defend yourself <laughs> shows that you do actually. Right. So the there's just something in us that desires to be worshipped that mm. desires to be in control in charge it's all kind of that same pride dynamic that seems to be in in one form or another at the root of, of virtually all of our sins mm. that this whatever it is that we're dealing with whether it's um, just the cowardice the sin of cowardice or uh, lust or sloth or whatever else it's putting myself in charge mm. it's, it's rather than doing what what god has called me to do or what i know uh, is the right thing i do what is my preferred thing in the moment and then as a result do you think that you know the more i'm focused on myself <clears throat> the weaker my faith is going to absolutely become, without you know? any question at all and that's you know you see this in so many different manifestations and, and one of the things that that continually i mean it, it's just been a pattern that i've been seeing for 20 years that uh, you know we have any number of things that will disrupt our habit of gathering together with believers and fellowship. Well, all it takes is, is one or two times of missing. And all of a sudden it gets a lot easier to miss, mm. to, to justify, well, you know, I got this going on or I was out late or, or whatever else, well, busy at, day, I got work COVID. to do. COVID like, is huge. Like yeah. if you, you miss, you know, even when it's quote unquote safe for people to gather again, right. people tend to use that as an excuse. And they've gotten in this habit of, excuse me, I'm staying at home or right. whatever. Yeah. And it's hard to get back into. And, and, and you know, technology makes it easier right. for us to neglect what God has called us to. We're called to meet together. That's not the same thing as watching a mm -hmm. sermon online. It's it's not. And we say as we're publishing and, and, and we continue <laughs> to live stream our services right. because it is something. It's not the same thing, but it is something. And some people can't. We right. just do you know, that's the reality. You can't be there. Uh, in fact, we've got you know, folks here at the church who work in some form of emergency services in, in security, police, you know, medical or whatever. And you can't really, somebody has to be right. doing that. It's a matter of necessity that you have to be doing those jobs. <clears throat> now, you certainly don't want that to be your norm, but that yeah, that is, you know, a reality that we have to deal with. And so having it available is, as I said, it's not the same thing, but it is something. Mm -hmm. It gives you an opportunity to get some semblance of feeding. Just like you know, yesterday I was running, and so I didn't, uh, I didn't have time for for lunch. Not literally running. That's it's so like, not me. Like, right? Yeah, no, I was running around, running errands, and uh, I was running. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was getting. <laughs> Sorry. I was getting. Uh, I was getting hungry, and I because you were running, but I wasn't home. I didn't have lunch. You know. So I had some beef jerky. Nice. It wasn't the same thing, but it was something. And it sustained me and, you know, kept me from passing out or whatever else. Um, I do like beef jerky. And, and so, you know, sometimes, you know, we look at, at these other alternatives of, of you know, watching uh, services online or whatever. It, it, you're skipping a meal. Sure. You're skipping a meal a for, some, for, some, for a snack, right? And uh, that's, anyway, that's another another podcast another conversation another sermon but the um, the dynamic that we have as i just had a flashback to your supercut that you made um 
had to figure out what to do this year. It's coming. <laughs> There's plenty of plenty more random <laughs> noises. Uh, as we are uh, developing our habits, it, it only takes a little bit to break a good habit. Mm. It takes a lot of work to break a bad habit. And that's not really rocket science. And it takes a lot of work to build a good habit. It absolutely <laughs> does. You know, we're building habits all the time. Right. And that's the thing. The, the reality is every day we're stacking stones. And, and whether that is a, a, a you know, stronghold of the enemy or a fortress of faith, that depends on what we're stacking and where, right? Mm -hmm. So the, the purpose, uh, you know, the purpose of our habits needs to be, ought to be to serve us. Mm -hmm. One way or another, we're going to have habits and either they can serve us or we can serve them. And when we serve them, we call that addiction. You know, we, we get into this thing uh, that it's really, I think addiction is an overused word, but it's the same dynamic. The, the whether, whatever we're talking about, it, it's a habit of thought that we've developed that becomes our default. And it's the only way that we can see life. So if I'm an alcoholic, this is, you know, that's always present in me. If I'm, you know, dealing with a drug addiction, uh, codependency, or even anxiety, shopping addiction, you know? anxiety, it, it becomes the default mode for my thought patterns. And, you know, I, I'm forming, I'm literally forming ruts in my brain. I mean, right. that's the way, uh, you know, neuroscience works. And I, I don't, I'm certainly not a neuroscientist, but in looking at how, how our neural pathways work in our brain, yeah. we're discovering so much more about it. And we're seeing that there is actually a physical tracking, a, a, essentially a brain rut that we create with our choices and our habits. And so our brain gets trained to think a, a particular way. The, mm -hmm. the, the, the pathways are, de are developed by these repeated choices. Um, and most of the time, we don't see them as choices. They are, but we don't see them as choices because we do them Especially when you formed that habit. Right. right. And so then we have all of these uh, instinctive, reflexive things that happen that had been a choice in the past. We've done them enough times. Mm -hmm. It just, it's pre-programmed. Now we're just, you know, falling into So now you have this. to like, you know. We're on when, autopilot. When you think of uh, any addiction of some kind, you have to like go to an intensive program to right. essentially reboot your system and reprogram your brain to to stop those habits. Right. And, and you know, that's, that's not the only way for us to fix right. it. It's the only way we do fix it. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's right. what it comes down to is, you know, every day, I have a choice. You have a choice. We all have a choice. What am I going to do with this moment? I don't have a choice about what I already did. Mm. It's done. I don't really have a choice about what I'm going to do out there in the future because I'm not there yet. Right. I will have that choice. Right now, I get the choice of this particular moment and only this particular moment. And so the the Lord has given us a, a clear direction in, in where we're going. What is our purpose? You know, so many people are like, I don't, what's my purpose in life? What's the... What's God's plan for me? What's his will for me? His plan, his will, his purpose for you is to glorify him and enjoy him forever. His will is for your sanctification to become increasingly like Christ. Mm -hmm. If you are in Christ, if you're not in Christ, then the number one primary purpose of everything in your life, good, bad, and indifferent, is to bring you to the cross, to bring you to your knees before Christ, to, to literally say, Lord, I'm yours. Save me. I'm, I'm, repenting, I'm turning from my way, from my sins, and I'm receiving by faith the grace that you offer me in Christ. And we can only do that moment by moment. Right. And, and and it starts with that initial right. 
entry into this relationship. I have to come to this place where I'm no longer in charge. Right. You're in charge. I was never in charge in the first place, right. but I thought I was. So I lived like I was. So now, Lord, you're already reigning over everything. Now reign in me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I'm yours. Now, from that moment on, we go from the, the salvation, the justification event by faith, where God has now declared us righteous according to Christ's faith. This, by the way, is the entire crux of the, the Protestant Reformation. This is still where the main division between uh, the Roman Church and the Protestant Church uh, lies, and the Council of Trent still supports uh, what I will say unequivocally is a false doctrine, that uh, there is some um, something to be done in our salvation, our justification beyond faith alone. So faith alone is the means of our justification. The grace of God is Christ's work on the cross for us, mm -hmm. his death and resurrection in our place as a substitute, as a substitutionary atonement, a payment to, to cover our debts. Now, I take hold of that, I receive that, by faith. What does that mean? By believing it, by making the decision to say, okay, I, I hear this gospel, I hear this news, and I believe that it is trustworthy. And so I'm putting my hope in it. And then that, and, and that's kind of the, the process we were looking at as we, we talked about uh, Romans 10, um, and specifically verses 14 to 17 in Romans 10, that there is a process in our faith. And, and it it starts with that decision to believe, right. and it, it receives its, its birth. It becomes visible in the obedience, in calling on him, in doing, acting. But it's not the acting that saves us. Christ has saved us. We take hold of it by faith, and because we take hold of it by faith, then it works itself out in, in our actions. And if it doesn't work itself out in our actions, do we really believe it? Right. You know, if, if I believe this chair is going to hold me up, but I'm still too afraid to sit down in it, do I really believe it? Right. At some point, I have to make that leap of faith to say, I'm going to sit down in this chair. I'm going to put all my weight on this chair. I'm not sitting here doing like a, a wall sit, trying to hovering. You, know, you know keep my myself uh, up add a little bit to it. There's nothing for me to add. It's been done. So as we're looking at, at um, Romans 10, uh, sort of as the development of faith uh, process here, uh, which is not, by the way, the reason this was written. This is a, a principle we see within it. Uh, as, as Paul is laying out the gospel, uh, he is continually driving home in Romans this picture of faith and the implications of it. But in, in uh, verses 14 to 17, he says, having just said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Nobody gets turned away. Nobody, you know, you don't come to Christ. And he says, no, nah, not you. Sorry. If right. you come, it's because he's put it in your heart to come right. and the offer stands. It's, it's there for you. And no one is cast out. So uh, Romans 10, 14 and following, how then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And he goes on in 15 to say, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So working backward with that, this idea is we have to hear. We need knowledge. Okay, Faith requires knowledge. That's the, uh, that's the, the field in which the seed is planted. If we don't have these pre-existing conditions, 
of actually knowing what it is that we're going to believe in, I can't believe in it, right? I can't, I can't choose to trust something I don't know exists. And so I have to have that. And even further, you know, to be able, when we're developing our faith as Christ followers, this is separate from this or after this, I have to actually know who God is, what his promises are. I can't be stronger in my faith. My, my belief, my faith can't be stronger than my knowledge of God. If uh, Neil Anderson brings this out uh, pretty well, I think, in his book, uh, Victory of the Darkness. And he points out, you know, someone said there's 7,000 promises of God in the Bible. I have no idea about the number. That's not really the point. If I know all 7,000 promises, then I'm, I have a, a ceiling of a 7,000 promise faith. I can believe all 7,000 promises. If I only know seven of those promises, I can only have a seven promise faith. I can't believe that eighth promise until I know that eighth promise, right? That's the nature of it. So faith requires knowledge. For me to trust God's word over my feelings, I have to know God's word. Faith is conceived in decision. This is the believing part. So we hear the word of God. We have to believe it by deciding at some point whether that is, uh, you know, we've gotten kind of enamored of this idea of, you know, the sinner's prayer. And mm -hmm. I have to have this, this moment of decision where I consciously say, a lot of times our decisions are less conscious, less in that particular moment. There is a moment, but sometimes I, I think God knows that moment more than we do. You know, sure. when, when I came to faith as a young child, there's not a moment of my life I don't remember right. knowing who Jesus was right. and that I was a sinner and separated from God at, you know, whatever it was, five or six years old, I, I prayed through that decision uh, with a friend, Leon Clint, you, I think, know uh, his son, Toby. Mm -hmm. um, now his grandkids are playing with my daughter and, mm -hmm. and so on. Anyhow, uh, prayed through that with me at a vacation Bible school when I, when I was a young kid. Was that the moment? What's well, the moment that I remember? Mm -hmm. When did that change in my heart? I, I don't know. I know that it did. I don't know specifically when. I think that's right. the case with a lot of people. Sure. I, I know that I was born at some point. Right. I don't remember that moment. Right. You know, we commemorate it. That's why in you a lot of nations, pictures. You can, you know. yeah, you, there's a lot of people, we get these baseball players from Dominican Republic or whatever, right. where they don't keep track of things the right. same way. Right. And we don't know for sure, you right. know, and that's less common now with modern documentation and so on. But anyway, it, there's, there is a moment of decision when I have to believe, I have to decide that I believe that what I've heard is true and trustworthy. Right. And so uh, then that is born in obedience. It, it comes to fruition. It comes to light. So I hear, I believe. And then there's the calling on Christ, the acting on that belief that comes out. So initially the, the, the action is, yes, I, I want this. I receive this. I believe this is true. I'm putting my hope on it. The, the ongoing practice of discipleship is I have to put one foot in front of the other. I have to step into this, this next moment acting on that belief. Mm -hmm. I, and that's where obedience comes in. It's not something that earns our faith, but it is something that, or, or, that earns our relationship with God. But it is something that strengthens our faith every time we do it. And that's why we see that faith grows through exercise. It's the testing of our faith. And uh, I, I said I was going to look these up with folks, and I think I didn't. I think I ran out of time. But um, Just like we're about to do here. <laughs> yeah, Romans 5, James 1, both talk about the fact that our adversity that is the testing of our faith, and it mm. develops perseverance in us. It strengthens us. We need it. Uh, and First Peter uh, 1 uh, kind of looks into this idea that the, the testing of our faith, this 
the, the proving out of our faith is of greater value than any kind of wealth that we could have right. on this earth. But all of it requires an ongoing process of continuing exercise in order to grow. We will stop there for today. I have more to say, but we are going to run out of time if I do. So, Oh, you got lots of time. Oh, yeah. You're so quick two, with your micro machines. Minutes, a whole two minutes. Uh, we will stop there. Nobody listening knows what micro machines are. I do. Well, you're getting older now. That's true. Um, and we can't stop thinking about commercials from Saturday mornings. Um, anyway. <laughs> if you remember Saturday morning cartoons, that means you're getting, getting older. older. Yes, I do. Very well. The pre-streaming generation. I remember Cocoa, yeah, Cocoa Pebbles and, you know, it was a good time. I was a Cocoa Pebble girl, not a Fruity Pebble girl. I like them all. Anyway. We Which explains stop. a lot about me. We will stop there. Um, some of the Christmas cereals are coming I'm out. An equal opportunity eater. Some of the Christmas cereals are coming out and they have Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it's Apple Pie Toast Crunch. That and sounds I'm, like a legitimate I'm one. into that. So so many of them are lame. You know? Yeah. Pumpkin Spice Cheerios, not They're a fan. Not good. You know, that's the just, best Cheerios are Frosted Cheerios. Yeah, Hard stop. Anyway, we're going to stop there. <laughs> Comment with your favorite cereal. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can leave us a message on Facebook or YouTube. You can send us an email at somethingreal.org or leave us a voicemail using the Anchor app or leaving us a voicemail here at church at 269-756-RLCC. Look at all the extra time you've got. I've got so much time. You, we could have talked about cereal for 30 more seconds. <laughs> um, what else do I have to say? We don't live stream our Advent service, I don't think, because it's the technology over there is not great. We do not. But um, if you are in the area, our community Advent service is coming up later this month because it's November now. So uh, if you're in the area in Three Oaks, join us there at our St. John's campus on November 27th, mm -hmm. 28th, 27th. 27th. And uh, we're also doing a Christmas concert, night, which we probably will. We might live stream our Christmas concert here on December 18th. And then we have our regular uh, Christmas Eve service coming up as well. So lots of things that you can join us for this season. Or you can just keep watching the podcast or listening to that. That's fine, too. So we hope you guys enjoyed, and we will catch you next pa time. Parting thought, resist the quail of feelings. Yes, I forgot that. Resist. Bye. <laughs>